Hello again, Pastor Deborah here, and this is another course lesson of the King's International Spiritual Care University, and we're still in our basic courses. You don't realize when you're trying to help people the Lord's way, it is so different than the ways of the world. Pastor Deborah had to learn that. Pastor Deborah, if you don't know, had been a licensed, nationally clinically certified clinical mental health counselor for over 10 years. I sat on three national boards or committees of the American Mental Health Counselors Association, which at that time was under the American Counseling Association. I sat on the Public Policy and Legislative Committee. I went to Washington. I lobbied. I wrote law. I spoke to senators and congressmen. And I was on the National Standards of Education and Qualification. I'm not sure that's quite the name of it. Committee that had to write, deal with universities and state laws regarding the unity, the uniformity of the standards of education qualifications for one being a mental health counselor. For they were all different at the time, state by state. Some were called licensed professional counselors, and some states called them mental health counselors. I worked on that committee so that across the nation, every graduate program would have the same standards, the same classes. I worked with college professors. I worked with national, national standards committees. Then I was a, the chairman of the, Nash, the American Mental Health Counselors Association Nominating Committee. I was a leader of others who dealt with the nominations for leadership, qualifications interviewing. So I had a powerful role in this association trying to help people become qualified, state-licensed, nationally qualified, to help people. I did a great job in the committees and on the national board. I also was a state of Florida, District 1, Mental Health Counselor Association's representative. I held monthly meetings. I wrote newsletters. I kept the mental health counselors who were already licensed and seeking licensure well-informed from meetings and newsletters about the national and the state committees and what was going on. Because I believe that if you were going to help people, you needed to be well-informed, well-educated. You needed to know a lot of information of what was going on, both with the medical health care industry the insurance companies, titles, licensing, testing, graduate programs, and a lot of the mental health counselors that I was super, sort of supervising, overseeing, leading, guiding, they also were in leadership positions. 
They would supervise others who were wanting and seeking to be licensed in the state of Florida. There was a lot to be informed about, to see what was going on, because the mental health counselors were just one of many nationally licensed uh, groups of professionals who were seeking to help people. There were others, and we were only one, and we were trying to get better, and we were trying to be uniform across the nation. We were also trying to be well-informed and educated. That's where Pastor Deborah started. She did this for about 10 years, way, way back in another millennium. I think it was like 1983 to about 1993. But I never fit in. I struggled helping people, not so much the person itself, but the group that I would be working with. If I was in a rehabilitation hospital, which I was, as a mental health counselor with spinal cord injury patients, head injury patients, stroke, anybody that came to a rehabilitation center in Pensacola, Florida, my job was to do my mental health counseling, my assessment, provide encouragement, support for them. I also at this time was working with a neuropsychologist doing neuropsychology, psychological testing with brain-injured patients and people who had had strokes or were the beginning or the middle of Alzheimer's. I was working with people that had terrible, terrible physical injuries from many different ways. I fit in good with the patients. I learned how to write and work with doctors and nurses and write in charts and talk to insurance companies. I only had trouble working with the team because there was still inside of me a desire to help people the Lord's way. And in that, I wanted to pray with people, make sure they were connected to their source of spirituality, which happened to be there was a chaplain at the hospital at the time. For many people, that was their source of support and encouragement to get them through these horrible tragedies. I used to pray a lot before I'd walk into rooms. I don't know if you can imagine, you may have never seen a body burned over all of their body. And, have to, and being wrapped up in gauze. And the only thing you could really see was their eyes. And I would have to step in the door, say a quick prayer to God to help me. To help this person by only looking at their eyes. And not see their burned body. I was a very tough counselor. I could deal with people with guns and knives. And people that were attacking and were violent. Even though I was a very short, only 5'2 person, somehow I had extra strength and I was never afraid. I had been attacked even in my youth when I was working in a juvenile detention center called Mount Meigs in, I think, close to Montgomery, Alabama. I was trapped in a hallway by some big juvenile delinquents who were at this state school. And they were approaching to beat me and rape me. And all I had to use was my voice and my words because they were much bigger than I. And I was able to propel my voice and talk to them and back them down. I had also been in situations in domestic violence, forced sexual assault, 
in many different times. <clears throat> so I was used to fighting, standing my ground, so to speak. When there was nobody else around, I don't know why I did it or how I did it, but there was a strength inside of me. It's not that I hated the people that were trying to attack me or abuse me. I didn't. I just didn't like what they were doing. So I've had some experiences both personally and professionally that I had to learn how to reach beyond me, beyond my physical stature, which is basically 5'2", very small person, and be able to defend myself and not get any worse into the situation. But among the master's level people, there was a lot of competition between many other professions to help people. There was the group that were the doctors, and they believed it was all biological and in the physical body. And they ran the show if you were in a hospital, and they still run the show if you're working and you're licensed. Did you know that when Pastor Deborah got licensed, the law was I was getting licensed as a dentist and a doctor to diagnose and treat a medical and a mental disease, an illness. I was stepping from, we'll say, just sort of counseling, talking with people, into a powerful position of diagnosing. That's what doctors do. After they've done evaluations and treat and examination, we had tests. I did a lot of testing, did a lot of neuropsychological testing, did a lot of IQ testing, did a lot of other personality testing, did a lot of evaluations of people. Of course, I was using the world's way of testing called mental health. Oh, there was many different uh, tests. One I used to love and I gave very early, even while I was working on my um, early in my master's program, was the house, the tree, and the person test. And in this test, you would ask the person, you give them a box of crayons and some blank paper, have them first draw you a picture of a tree, then a house, and then a person. And I was trained that what to look for what color of crayon they used, what and how they drew the tree, the house, and the person. And we were trained that if they drew a tree with a knot hole in it, there was a trauma in there. If they used the color purple and black a lot, we had a lot of deep schizophrenia and paranoia, a lot of spiritual things. They didn't call it that. And then if they drew like a house with no windows or a sad-looking house or beat up, we knew something happened in the home. Mm -hmm. We could tell right then and there. And if we saw a person draw a a picture of a person with no face, turned backwards, horrible, we knew there was sadness inside. That was called the house tree person test. Oh, there were other tests to ask you many, many questions. And you would count up the answers to see what you were answering. But a lot of the mental health clients, is what they were called, because I was stepping into the medical community, they were called clients or patients. They were pretty smart people. They knew about these tests. They had been given them most of their lives. And they would answer correctly so you would not discover what they were really thinking and feeling. 
So my beginnings were this world. Also gave a lot of IQ tests to help Social Security determine if a child or an adult was disabled and could fit their criteria. I worked very closely with psychologists who did a lot of testing, neuropsychologists. I worked with a lot of psychiatrists and doctors of all kinds. Because being in the mental health field, that's who you were very closely related to. And you, a lot of times, were supervised by them because they had the PhDs, the MDEVs, medical doctors. And I was at a master's level. That meant I had at least five or six years of college, had been supervised for two years, took a state test, and I met a lot of the medical quality assurance requirements to diagnose and treat medically patients to work in the medical field. And I had experiences that most counselors do not have. I worked in drug treatment facilities. I worked in residential drug treatment programs with both adolescents and adults. I worked in schools on drug education prevention programs with both elementary, middle, and high school kids. Then I worked in private hospitals. Then I worked in a local rehabilitation hospital here in Pensacola, working with a neuropsychologist. And then I went into private practice. And then I went um, worked with a psychologist who went into nursing homes, did a lot of evaluations, worked with a lot of people that had a lot of disabilities, And so I had a lot of experiences that many mental health counselors never had. And I was trying every way I could to help people who had a lot of problems. But I was not satisfied. I didn't fit into the system. So learning about ancient hearts was my basic care, my basic glasses in going from helping people to helping people the Lord's way. And you're going to have to do that also. I had to step out, put my license down. I was unemployed for a long time. I was doing part-time GED testing, SAT, other testing from universities. But I had gave up and was asked to give up a job and become totally financially dependent on my husband. Very hard to do once you've had your own job, your own paycheck, and you were doing what you had gone to five years of college for, paid lots of money, been supervised for two years, spent lots of money taking the state test. Had to take it two or or three times because I'd miss it by one or two questions. Had to restudy, take it again. And then I only did it for 10 years. And I didn't fit. Because I never realized, but God was working on me to call me out of that. But I did have within me planted helping people. I knew people were hurting and needed help. And I thought mental health counseling was the way. Of course, it was the only way I knew. But little did I know that I was going to come out of that 
And I was going to become a pastor. And I was going to start helping people the Lord's way. So he started putting me through classes and basic care of the King's International University was just one of those. And this is basic and ancient heart. And we had just finished up part three, dealing with a guy named Lucifer. But before we begin part four, Pastor Deborah always likes to begin, and if you don't mind out there that are the multitude, with a prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for bringing all these wonderful people here to listen to your words about the journey you took Pastor Deborah on and the information she had to learn about herself and others and how to help people your way. I had to learn, just as I did in the other world, many things. Help them to learn what you desire them to learn from this video. Basic and ancient heart. Help them, Father, to open their spiritual eyes that they may see. Their spiritual ears that they may hear. And their spiritual mind that they may understand and absorb and learn. Many things they may not have heard. And if they have, that maybe they don't believe in, but help them. Only your Holy Spirit, our teacher, can do that. We know that is your heart's desire from Isaiah 61 and 62. And we ask you, Father, for your help today as we learn a little bit more about a basic heart that started off as a beauty and changed into a beast. And that we will learn, even about ourselves and our own heart and life, how we as a human started off as a beauty and changed into a beast. We thank you for your Holy Spirit being with us today, your teacher. Let your anointing flow from you through Pastor Deborah through the words that all may see and know what the truth is about how to help people. The Lord's way. Thank you. Okay, let's begin. This is going to be a short one today. We're going to pick up, I'm going to try to keep the videos a little shorter so uh, I don't have to talk so long and you don't have to listen so long. We had just left off and we were discussing about how this Lucifer, the son of the morning, had been created and he was the son of the first age. And he was a servant. He was a high cherubim uh, working for the Lord. And he uh, was a powerful creature. And uh, we, we have some description of him in the Bible, probably not to the fullness. But we're going to pick up with him. So let's begin and let's get started with basic, this ancient heart, Lucifer. Lucifer's name actually means the son of the first age, the light bearer. That's real important right there because he was a carrier, a bearer of somebody else's light. Light meant light. If you study science, you'll see white light going through a prism 
and out comes a multitude of colors. Because in the white light are at different levels of visibility are all these other colors. He was a carrier of it. Uh, His creator, God the Most High, would speak, breathe into Lucifer, and out from Lucifer came golden light, blues, colors, turquoise, every beautiful color came sounds. Did you know light has sounds? If you get on a oscilloscope and you can see sound in waves, it also has colors and it has ranges. That, so there's a lot, if you study science and you study sound and you study light, you'll learn a lot. So Lucifer was a receiver of light from this God that had created him. And he was to disseminate this out through his body. And it would be words and it would be light and it would be truth and it would be music and it would be information. So that was his job. He was a carrier of light. He did not create the light. He was the carrier of it. He was the son, the offspring of the first age, the first morning. Now, he didn't create himself. He came from somebody else. He came from somebody else's mind and thoughts. He originated in the great I am's deep chambers of his spiritual depthness of his heart. And he was breathed out with the Holy Spirit right there bringing this to light, bringing it to life. He was the son of the beginning of the unseen realm, the realm called the kingdom of heaven. It's a real place, a real country, real territory, with laws and people and a king. And he was created and born into it. And the word son means offspring, means image and likeness. So he was birthed, born, in the first age of creation. I'm going to take a wild guess that the land was created first. And when it was already the throne room, the kingdom, the cities, and all of this stuff was ready, then birthed out the helpers, the servants came the host of angels and they came with a lot of mature information but they came out as servants offspring of the first age they were not made in the fullness of the image and likeness of this god he created them to be servants his helpmate sort of his soul in a way to get things done in the kingdom They were to help him carry out his thoughts, his ideas, his wishes, his laws, his judgments. They were sort of the helpmate. They were infused with power and authority and light. And so was this Lucifer. He was actually one of the three archangels. The three, there was Lucifer, Michael, and Gabriel. Lucifer was, they called him the light bearer. He was probably, he was a a guard, he was a warrior, 
uh, he was in charge of protecting the presence of God. Michael, he was just all, all tough. He was your deep warrior. The one of your special ops guy. Then there was Gabriel. Gabriel was the communication. You'll hear a lot about Gabriel in the Bible stories coming down and talking to humans. Now, they can all, they're all tough, believe me. But each one had a different uh, job responsibility towards and with this God who created them. Lucifer, the light bearer, he was placed in a powerful position within the kingdom of heaven. And he was created to be a spirit. He had a spirit body. He was real. He was not covered with any kind of dirt from the earthly planet yet. There was no earth. There was no solar systems as we know it. It was just all spirit. It was real. But that was the place, the kingdom, the world that he was created to be in. He was not created as humanity that had a covering of dirt from this world. His body was spirit, but it had a covering. And we're going to get into that in just a few minutes. I'm not going to make this video too long because I've got a lot of videos to do on this. But I wanted to tell you he was called a cherubim, a cherub. And what that meant, it was high-ranking, one of the highest-ranking. Uh, you had God. Then his next level, sort of his cabinet of administrators, were the high cherubims, which were Lucifer, Michael, Gabriel. And they were to help God in the administration and the management of the kingdom of heaven in the unseen realm. So he had a powerful position. He was full of fire and radiance and majesty. He was like a flame, a flame of fire, so to speak. Okay? And he had some power that, oh my gosh, that we probably don't even know about at this time. We think the atom bomb is powerful. We think powerful fires, but we probably can't even imagine the power that was in this individual, this high archangel named Lucifer. He was glorious. He was radiant. He had rays. Sort of if the best I can explain it, if you look at the sun and you see all these solar rays coming out, he was sort of like the sun in the middle. And all this rays, radiance was coming out of him. Well, all the rays and the radiance wasn't his. It was the light from the Heavenly Father. But his body was created to reflect that, to come in it and through it and release it. This archangel, this Lucifer, he was to guard and protect and defend that's what all the fire was for. And he had knowledge of protection, guarding. And what was he to protect? The presence of God itself. He was to destroy anything that had defilement in it. Rebellion in it. Sin, which means rebellion. Perverseness, wickedness. Anything 
He was to keep it from coming into the presence of God because it was a defiled thing. And that was his job. And guess what? He's still doing that because that was his eternal job. Protect the presence of God. He was a powerful soldier, a general, a high-ranking official. Probably lost count of all the stars or stripes on his shoulder. But he was a military guy. Lucifer had thousands and millions and billions of soldiers under him that he would give orders to, and they were to do the same thing. Protect, defend, keep anything away that was of defilement, sin, impure, from the presence of God. We learn from studying the Bible that he had charge of one-third all the hosts, the angels of heaven. I'm sure another third was under Gabriel. Gabriel was the communicator. Michael was the warrior. And each one of them probably had one-third of all the hosts of heaven underneath of them. They were the three cabinet members, the high-ranking ones, that they were to manage and disseminate the orders the management of the kingdom of heaven for this king, their creator. Two of them did good, and Lucifer did not do so good. Yet, with all of this power that Lucifer had, all of this magnificence and glory, and being leader and general over one-third of all the hosts of heaven, he was not satisfied, because he was just a servant. And he was created that way, and he was designed that way by the great I Am himself. He was not the great I Am son, exact image and likeness. He may have had some of the characteristics of it, like protector, provider, supervisor, leader. But he was not the exact image and likeness of God himself. He was never to inherit the kingdom of heaven. He was never to rise above where he was. He was never to be the king of heaven at all. And that was his problem. But also the glory, the anointing he carried, started working on him. That's where we're going to end for today. We're going to end here so we don't get too deep. It's so much. Remember, you're learning about Lucifer which will help you learn about you and all of humanity and about your enemy that's down here in the world. You're learning about the kingdom of heaven. You're learning about creation. You're learning about the heavenly father, the king. You're learning about angels, the host of heaven, that unseen spiritual realm. And you're going to be learning about yourself, you, the spirit being, inside the dirt. And how you started off as a beauty. And how you became a beast. And how Satan now is in your life and interjects and uh, is a part of your life. Whether you know it or not. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time once again to be back in school in the King's International Spiritual Care University. We thank you for these basic classes that Pastor Deborah had to go through and that she is able to teach and tell them now to other people. 
to help them to learn how to help people your way, the Lord's way. We thank you that you will show us and open up hidden revelations to us that we may learn and grow and become all you intend us to be, a king, a mighty one for you here on earth as a representative of the kingdom of heaven on earth. In the spirit realm, the world that is around the government system that is around this earth. And that we are to help other people come out of the darkness of the kingdom of Satan. The kingdom of darkness and ignorance. And come into the kingdom of heaven. Into your family. We thank you that you are there with us. You are anointing Pastor Deborah and the words and the teaching. And that you will help us to grow and learn spiritually. In the name of Christ Jesus, amen. Okay, this ends part, what would I think, number four. We have so much to do. I don't want to get too deep into anything. Trying to keep the video short for you. So this was ending part four of the basic ancient heart of Lucifer, a beauty who became a beast named Satan, the adversary of God who is with us today on planet Earth. Well, he's not here. He's up in his second heaven. But all of his minions, the one-third, but he rules and reigns this planet, the world, the government system, the, the power of the air that's around it. And he controls it. He has an atmosphere down here. He's in people's hearts. He's in their minds. He's working through his people. To get his image and likeness and his, what he wants done here on planet earth. Which is to have his own kingdom. Which looks like him. And represents his image and likeness. Which will be a sword in the heart of God's plans and patterns. Because he has to work through humans. He has to work through the human soul and the human spirit to get it done. That's the pattern. And we see it all the time. We see the wars between freedom and slavery. Captivity and the captors. Between corrupt leaders and righteous leaders. Between right and wrong. Between life and death. We see it all the time. And most of us don't like it or we become blind to it. Death to it. We don't believe it. And we're all... All sad when we realize we missed it. And sometimes we vote for people in the world of politics into governments that are not of the kingdom of heaven. And then when they show their true colors and we figured out they lied to us and they used us and snookered us. We don't like it and we're sad. But what are we to do? They've given us money. They let us have whatever we want and all the pleasures of the body. And we just keep voting them back in. And if not, if we speak up, they arrest us. They take us captive and they torture us. And if we try to serve another God, the true God, the one of the kingdom of heaven, they come after us. Try to do everything they can to kill us, to change our thoughts. So Pastor Deborah's been through a lot of that, believe me. I have been through a lot of the torture, a lot of the attacks, a lot of the being shunned by the world, by people, 
because I believe in things that are not of this world, not of the world of that you call the earth. So I've been there. I've walked that walk. I've survived it, come through it, got a few bruises and bumps. Got many stories to tell you about it. So you will believe it's real. Even though you may not believe it's real. So we are finishing up part four in basic care. Basic classes of the King's International Spiritual Care University. The Ancient Heart, Lucifer. It gets better because he was a beautiful, beautiful creature. Just as humanity was when they began Back in another age. And they too became just like Lucifer. Perverted and changed. In their image and likeness. To a beast. So enjoy this video. And I will see you again in another. King's International Spiritual Care University class. We're still in the basic section. We had not even got to the intermediate classes. Or the advanced yet. A lot to learn. And grow in order to help people the Lord's way. Love. Bye, everybody. See you next class. Study and learn. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening and watching this video. It is an honor and a pleasure to have you stopped by today and watch. This is Pastor Deborah, and I hope you come again and watch many, many more videos and learn and grow spiritually. And hear how she has helped people spiritually, the Lord's way, for many, many years. Come again, watch another one. And we welcome you to be a subscriber to the channel, to make comments. And if you wish to contact Pastor Deborah, please email her at her email address for the ministry at Pastor Deborah at Agape Love is Here dot org. You can also see these videos on Twitter and on the website in the many different sections that they are put into. Enjoy, and it was once again an honor to have you watch and listen. Thank you, and come again to another video of Agape Love, Love is Here Ministries, a ministry of helping people the Lord's way that Pastor Deborah has been doing for many, many years. Love always and forever, Pastor Deborah.